0: How easy do you think it is to find a flight instructor who loves their job when it costs more to become a teacher than they will ever earn teaching? There is a solution, but it requires large operators to break their standard business model. But in the meantime, you can use the tips in this episode to maximize your potential despite the deficiencies caused by the structure of commercial flight instruction. Flying is one of the most beautiful things a human can do. But aviation is one of the most difficult industries to break into and also ranked as one of the most dangerous fields in the world. The Aviation Intelligence Podcast by Avic Air is a place where we will discuss methodologies to help you succeed and survive one of the most mysterious and revered professions known to mankind. Let's get started. If you're a great instructor, this is going to really strike a chord with you because you're probably intimately familiar with the problems of learning how to fly from people who don't want to teach you how to fly. All right, let me explain. The aviation industry is saturated with underexperienced flight instructors who haven't yet had commercial flight experience. And the reason is purely driven by revenue. Okay, so a training aircraft are small and the reason they're small is because uh, they're cheap to buy they can only carry around two people and a small fixed wing or an airplane a used one could be around twenty thousand dollars at the minimum and a small two-seat helicopter can cost an upwards of a quarter million if you get them new so the difference between the operating cost and the billable flight time on that aircraft only leaves enough to pay the pilot somewhere in between minimum wage and $25 an hour. Now, you may think $25 an hour isn't so bad. It's like $50,000 a year, right? Well, pilots are only paid when the wheels or skids are off the ground, not 40 hours per week. And the FAA puts a cap on how many hours the pilot can fly annually, but most flight schools have only enough work to allow a new instructor to fly between 500 hours and 1,000 hours anyway. And here's a kicker if you weigh more than about 180 pounds, you are limited to how many students you can fly with because of aircraft weight limitations. So you can do the math a new instructor who finishes school can make somewhere between $12,000 and $25,000 annually, if they're lucky enough to weigh less than a horse jockey. So why can't a newly certified pilot find a job that pays more than about $20,000 a year? Well, because the industry demands experience. Like if you were to become a doctor, you'd have to have a certain amount of internship years before you could carve into somebody's brain, right? Well, the same is true for aviation insurance requirements for an inexpensive hull on training aircraft only demand that the pilot be minimally certified in order to be a pilot in command and act as an instructor whereas larger aircraft designed for commercial work in other words be able to carry a few passengers those cost between a million and four million dollars for the medium to small size so insurance companies require pilots usually have around a thousand to two thousand hours of flight time in addition to their pilot certificate in order to operate those medium to larger aircraft. So how can a pilot who graduates flight school with the bare minimum pilot certificate start to earn enough flight experience in order to take advantage of their six-figure education and break into a middle-class income? Well, they have to become flight instructors in those tiny, insurable, low-cost aircraft that they just learned how to fly themselves. So what you're left with is someone who wants to be a pilot, but has to become a flight instructor. Now, sure, you could go the military route, and you could let the tax dollars pay a million dollars for that same $100,000 pilot certificate. But there's no guarantee you'll get accepted into flight school inside the military once you become property of the United States government. So there's plenty of folks out there who are becoming pilots on their own dime. Who are self-funding flight school in hopes for an amazing career that allows them to get out of the office now this new group of pilots has deep implications on safety that aren't even being evaluated such as stress distraction and fatigue the three main root causes for reasons for all human related accidents and think about it you're trying to survive Many pilots have families to take care of, and think of how stressful it may be to try to support a family when your student loan exceeds your total wages as a pilot. And this group of pilots, who are responsible for training the next generation of pilots, are exhausted because they're working a second, third, and fourth job sometimes in order to make ends meet and dig themselves out of debt. But they can make it work, it just requires enormous amounts of self-sacrifice. When I was in that phase of my career, I learned how to make money around the clock. I worked as a full-time live-in nanny. Yeah, I was a manny. I was a massage therapist, rubbing backs. I was a personal trainer. I worked at a nightclub, ran the front door security, and I also worked odd jobs of construction here and there. I can even remember after a full day of work, Hastefully brushing my teeth and getting ready for bed in order to take advantage of the four hours that I had available to sleep that night. Personal sacrifice is too great for most folks. And that is the primary reason for the current pilot shortage of the early 2020s. So when I became a flight instructor, all was fine and dandy training private pilots. The maneuvers were simple. Uh, you do normal takeoffs, normal approaches, landings basic stuff that all pilots do Uh, you're teaching people how to manipulate the aircraft my struggle was when I got into training commercial students I was trying to train them how to do flight operations that I had yet to experience myself and thus my own personal career bucket list was born I wanted to try and taste every facet of the industry so I could bring that experience back to the training table you see throughout history Trade secrets are traditionally passed down from generation to generation. Knowledge being constantly improved upon as it's passed down from father to son or mother to daughter. But in aviation, tacit knowledge that is vital to survival is lost every single generation as a flight instructor moves on to a real job. A job that pays them even when the weather's bad or the aircraft is down for maintenance. As an example... Helicopters can descend vertically, but it becomes hazardous and often fatal when it starts descending too quickly, more than 300 feet per minute. How much is that in miles an hour? Not very much, about 3.4 miles an hour. Because the helicopter's main rotor settles into the dirty air, known as downwash, that resides just below the aircraft, it can fall dramatically if it encounters that dirty air. It's like if you uh, swim in the ocean, When the waves are crashing, it takes quite a bit of skill to stay afloat through all that foamy water. And it doesn't matter who you are, it requires a boatload more calories to do so. Well, in training, this scenario is always practiced up high, like 1500 feet, the same height as the Empire State Building, with only two occupants on board. And most often, with only a half a tank of gas. In the commercial world, the aircraft is most prone to settling into its own downwash, when the aircraft is heavy and it's always loaded to the gills when you're hired to take paying customers or cargo so you encounter this condition when the aircraft is at its maximum operating capacity close to the ground and descending at an angle that is steeper than the training textbook allows instructors to demonstrate for the very first time to an area off airport and so what we're left with is a group of pilots experience hazardous conditions for the very first time with paying customers on board and the safety statistics even now in 2019 are higher than they have ever been and the sad thing is there has been no new reasons for accidents in the past 10 years every accident has been a repeat of something that someone else has already done so this tells me one of three things is happening Either the person knew about the hazard, yet they ignored it, or they didn't retain it during training, or they were just never taught about that hazard in the first place. And most likely, it's probably the latter of those three options. And this will continue because you can't plug holes in Swiss cheese if you don't know where the holes even exist in the first place. Not everyone wants to be a flight instructor but they have to do it because the experience required to earn a sustainable living is forced by the industry's hand and the best option to build flight time is to become a flight instructor well I mean you could pay for the flight experience yourself at $300 an hour you need uh, 1500 hours so what would that be about $450,000 sure you could pay out-of-pocket an additional $450,000 just to fly around in circles, so obviously you have to take the flight instructor route, because the $37,000 of pre-tax income that you'll make over the next two to three years is gonna help you eat while the insurmountable student loan looms with a pretty hefty wake of interest. Humans are minimalists by nature, and many flight instructors are just time thieves. They fly around and relax, spending excessive time on maneuvers that have little bearing on skill, such as straight and level flight. So it's no surprise that most new pilot training is designed to meet the standard of an exam known as a checkride, which only inspects a fraction of the knowledge that is required to keep you alive. You don't know what you don't know, and the deceased never will. So what the industry is left with is a plethora of low-time instructors with little to nil commercial experience training the next generation to be commercial pilots, and they don't even want to be instructors in the first place. Frankly, I don't even know why everyone is so surprised accident rates are on the rise. Industry training is loose at best. With the exception of a few unicorns, you know who you are. The consequences of this is a watered-down, cookie-cutter training experience. Unknown to the general public and new students, there is a training deficiency epidemic in aviation, Driven by the testing procedures of the FAA, human beings have the natural instinct to conserve energy. The flight examination and pilot certification process can only sample a fraction of the knowledge and skills required to become a pilot. And as a result, some flight instructors have adopted minimalistic and subjective training programs. Training to pass an exam leaves countless gaps in knowledge, leading to another epidemic in our industry. Deadly statistics on the rise. The major and legacy airlines hire in waves, and we are currently in the second hiring boom of human civilization. There is a major push for people to build as much flight time as they can as quickly as possible and then get into the major airlines. These hiring waves have a trickle effect on the rest of the industry. Everyone is in a mad rush to get as much experience as they can so that they can get into the airline jobs that provide them adequate time off and ample income to enjoy life. This leaves the rest of the industry scrambling for instructors because those flight instructors who are approaching the insurance requirements to fly larger aircraft are hired immediately as soon as they have that experience. So finding an instructor that has a little bit more than average experience is harder today than it ever has been. And this pre-existing condition that we've been talking about so far today is amplified tenfold. So here's a little trick. If you're thinking about signing up for flight lessons, you need to arrive at the flight school as an educated consumer. Before you accept the instructor that has been assigned to you, ask if you can meet them first. When you're introduced to this flight instructor, ask them a few questions to qualify their desire to provide you instruction. And you should ask them why they are a flight instructor. If they say just to get their flight time and get out as soon as possible, then you found an instructor who's going to waste your time and money. If the instructor says something along the lines of, I love flight instructing, or flying is my passion, and I love seeing my students succeed, then you may have found a diamond in the rough who actually cares about your progress. You can ask a few other subtle questions like, what is the next job you're looking for? And how many hours do you have until you qualify for that next job? If they are within 100 hours away, depending on their current student load, you may be looking at an instructor who has one foot out the door and may not be giving you their 100% dedication since a different instructor will be responsible for endorsing you to become a pilot anyway. Something else you should be asking is how closely do you follow a structured syllabus and to show you the plan of action for your training? If they seem like your question caught them off guard, then this is a big red flag you may be paying for some extra flight hours due to a mismanaged flight training program. I imagine aviation as a promising career that doesn't require its future pilots to disappear from their families and spend their formative years of training, undernourished from ramen and riddled with fatigue from working multiple full-time jobs just to join us in the skies. There are pilots that I personally know who would love to help the industry out, We have the solutions and the street experience that every new pilot doesn't even know that they should crave. There are people on the ground floor taking all of the risk and they are the only ones who have the experience that can help fix it. So what is the solution? Operators desperately need pilots that are adequately trained so they don't have to spend as much time and money on the back end training new hires. The answer is for those companies to invest in flight school training for hungry new pilots who want to work for their organization. We need to call in professionals with pre existing flight instructor certificates at the top of those companies who specialize in a particular area of the industry and add that to our flight school curriculum. Ultimately, a flow program would be the best option for the industry, especially right now while this not so surprising pilot shortage exists we need to put high-level pilots through leadership and advanced instructor training courses so they can spend some of their time training the next group of pilots about the valuable lessons they learned while flying the line to complement this idea we could also incorporate technology we could take the paper syllabus that collects dust on the shelf and implement a progress tracking interactive syllabus That gives students the ability to ask questions to experienced pilots on each micro-topic in order to retain the experience that is typically lost. AvocAir is actively building the relationships necessary to produce said technology. Head over to our website, avicair.com and opt in to get notified as we make the advancements necessary to improve the quality of life for this magnificent profession and all of the aviators in it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope it didn't sound too negative. Aviation is one of the best careers that one could hope to get into. We just want to make it a little bit easier and a little bit more sustainable for those interested in flying. If you have any additional recommendations or suggestions that you'd like to share with everyone, go to gotsky.net forward slash podcast and leave your comments below. Have a great day. We'll catch you on the next episode. On the next Aviation Intelligence Podcast, I interview Jason Trask, the assistant chief pilot to Air Methods Corporation. Here's a little sneak peek. Why is flying EMS not only one of the most dangerous jobs in aviation, but is ranked one of the top most dangerous jobs in the world of all professions? You look at accidents over the past Let's say five years. And can probably go back even further. But look at accidents over the past five years. Are they mechanical? When you're looking at accidents, you're looking not at the aircraft. You're looking at the pilot decision-making.